0: Hey everyone, welcome to season five, episode two of the Choose You Calgary podcast. For those who are tuning in for the first time, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. We're super happy to have you. And for our returning listeners, I just wanted to say welcome back. Thank you for returning. My name is Aiden and I am your Choose You Calgary podcast host. I am also a current student here at the University of Calgary. I absolutely love it here, it's amazing. So yeah, on the Choosey Calgary podcast, we bring on current students or faculty members from different areas across campus, such as different clubs, faculties, involvements. And um, our most important goal is to capture the student experience and inform future students of certain things that they might have not have known about already. So yeah, we just really want people to get a feel of what it's like to attend our amazing university. So on today's episode, I'm super excited as we're going to be talking about quantum research here at the University of Calgary. And I'm joined with a super special guest, Dr. Barry Sanders aka Barry who is a leading expert in quantum research and he is also a professor here at the University of Calgary and I will get him to introduce himself a little bit more and tell all of our listeners a little bit more about himself but yeah I'm really excited to be talking about quantum science and technology and all of that fun stuff so with that being said welcome Barry I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today thank you so much for being here
1: thanks for having me Ada Well, my name is Barry Sanders. I'm a professor in the Department of Physics and Astronomy. I'm uh, also very involved with Calgary and Alberta's initiatives for quantum science and technology. So I'm director of the Institute for Quantum Science and Technology in the Faculty of Science and the lead investigator of Quantum Alberta Consortium. And then I'm also very much engaged in fostering quantum technology startups. So I'm a chief scientist with the Creative Destruction Lab Quantum Stream at the University of Toronto. And then I have a couple of uh, international appointments that where I do some collaboration on some exciting quantum technology.
0: Super interesting. Oh my gosh. Sounds very busy, (laughs) but very good. So I guess the first kind of question that I have is what does quantum even really mean and like, what is quantum research?
1: Okay. So thanks. Aiden. that's a question (laughs) I get often, and it's a really hard question to answer because uh, it's been famously said that nobody understands quantum mechanics. So at some deep level, philosophically, none of us understand it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, we know how to use it and it works. So what is quantum? Well, let's just take a moment to talk about science. So you know, if you learn biology, there are rules, principles, you know, zoological principles, anatomical, et cetera. You learn chemistry, there's another set of rules, geology, another set of rules. So you know, we tend to identify sets of rules for different areas of science. And I kind of think of it like a legal framework. You know, Alberta has its laws. Saskatchewan has its laws. But behind all of this is a constitution, and the constitution says how the laws have to behave, how they have to conform, and that's where quantum mechanics sits. So quantum mechanics underpins all the laws of the universe, but until recently we can safely ignore them as long as we don't work on what's inside atoms or we don't work on niche areas of light. It did creep in because lasers, transistors that we use for computers, the brain scans that we have at hospitals all depend on quantum principles. But for the most part, we ignore it. But now these very strange laws that underpin everything are because of our ability to uh, do better engineering at nanoscales, make materials much better. Suddenly, this world that was hidden at the atomic scale is growing And so the weird properties of the universe that scare us a bit, they're complicated, now are featuring into technology. So the short answer is quantum is like the constitution for all laws of science, and it's weird and wonderful.
0: That's a great answer. So it can only be ignored for so long, right? Mm -hmm. Until you kind of have to start facing it.
1: (laughs) And then the weird properties people would hear about would be things like entanglement, which is some long-range correlation that's stronger than anything could be measured. There's quantum teleportation. Quantum computing is a big deal now, especially in Calgary, where we make computers that no longer work on zeros and ones and no longer use the logic that we're used to. So the whole logical foundation of computing transforms, making some problems easier to solve. So, you know, the weirdness is quite uh, exciting.
0: So when you talk about quantum teleportation, are we talking about like humans or how does that work?
1: Well, so if we think about science fiction, and so there in Star Trek, I think it's the transporter, that they talk about things like transmitting matter from one point to another. The way quantum teleportation works is much closer to a fax machine. So if you, I mean, I'm not sure the listeners know fax machines, <laughs> technology, but in the old days, you put a piece of paper in a machine. So the piece of paper you wrote on is not sent to me. It's the information about how to write, how to take an image of what you did and send it to me so that a piece of paper then represents that image. So that's what faxing is about. But one of the properties of quantum mechanics, it's called a no cloning principle, is we can't make copies of things. So then the idea of teleportation is that instead of you faxing me something, when you send it to me, your share is destroyed. So teleportation is all about sending information that's quantum from one point to another in a way that doesn't have the cloning that's inherent in fax machines.
0: That is so cool. So yeah, I got to learn what a fax machine was too. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, So yeah, most of our listeners are probably prospective high school students um, who maybe have only heard the term quantum referenced in the Marvel's Avengers movie, Ant-Man, which explores the quantum realm. Mm -hmm. How far away would you say like your research is um, from how it was kind of depicted in the film?
1: Okay. So first um, I'll mention that, yeah, it was interesting. So that's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, And I'll just mention, I mean, I actually enjoy those movies a lot. And partly because the uh, makers of the movies do consult with quantum physicists at Caltech, which is not that far from Hollywood. It's in the Los Angeles area. So some of the science fiction movies don't have scientists involved and they can tend to annoy me, but these ones are great. So with the Ant-Man, you know, there was the problem that he got shrunk down and uh, how to get out of this whole thing. And so It was quantum physicists who provided some advice, but I think the position of the quantum physicists is that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not ours. So the laws of physics are different. So um, what happens in the Ant-Man movie is not what we expect in our universe, but some of the ways that we think about it got factored into that solution to that dilemma.
0: Okay, cool. So a bit of truth, but a bit of not so much, Mm. kind of not really.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to Hollywood.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, cool. So kind of aside from the Hollywood aspect and all this other stuff, when we're talking about the University of Calgary, what would you say makes the University of Calgary a great place for quantum research and science and technology?
1: Well, so we we have a long history in quantum. So I'll just give you an idea. Uh, so there are three areas of quantum. There's what we call quantum sensing, which is how to detect ob- objects, images, global positioning systems, all these kinds of things, better than what's possible without quantum. There's the second, which is quantum communication. Teleportation was an example. So how to send information from one point to another and uh, there's got, it's got security implications. And the third one, which is a big deal in Calgary at the moment, is quantum computing. And so Calgary is very strong in all three. And so we have our history in quantum, and uh, we've built up from there. That means that we have a excellent team. So my collaborators, other professors at the University of Calgary, and with strong links to universities of Alberta and Lethbridge. So we have this very good Alberta ecosystem. We have really good talent. We have excellent facilities. The um, Provincial government, University of Calgary have invested for decades into quantum. So we have world-class facilities. And now we also have a partnership at City of Calgary and a company called Emphasis is coming in. And Emphasis is one of the leading IT firms where they're looking at quantum computing kind of software as a service. So delivering quantum computing to users built on backends that are provided by Microsoft, AWS, IBM, et cetera. And so we're well positioned all three. So the short answer is we have a long history of building up excellent strength in the three pillars. We are developing an ecosystem where we'll have companies in Calgary that are doing quantum stuff. And uh, we've been very careful to pick really good people in those positions.
0: It's almost that time. Our application for the fall 2022 intake opens on October 1st, 2021. So mark your calendar so that you won't miss it. In the meantime, you can read a step-by-step guide on how to apply to the University of Calgary by clicking the link in the episode notes. Go check it out now. Yeah, I feel like the city of Calgary is... I've heard the term quantum city and I've seen there's a huge billboard right by campus on Crowchild trail. And I just feel like it's becoming more and more of a thing. And I just keep seeing quantum everywhere. So I feel like it's only going to keep growing from here. And um, there's,
1: there's one problem is none of this is really proven as (laughs) to, to actually work. So in science, we'll often talk about the high risk, high gain scenario. So if this all works, it's going to be wonderful. But just to warn you, there's a chance everything could flop too. There's nothing guaranteed.
0: But that's what's so exciting about it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So what would you say has been the overall highlight so far for your whole quantum journey? And if there's kind of one thing that has just really stuck out to you, what would it be?
1: Well, I I feel enormously fortunate to be a professor at the University of Calgary in this area. So what what really drives me are the fundamental questions of the universe, like really just basic things like, you know, how did the universe begin and uh, what's it made of and how did everything assemble into such interesting features? You know, how do we get galaxies? How do we get living creatures? And so this is where it's just all about going to the bottom. So my journey has been, I, I said early on, nobody understands quantum mechanics, and I'm starting to get a little bit of understanding. So I feel that my journey is about understanding and, and then making use of it. So part of my time goes into technological aspects. Um, the the best part is being a university professor, I can have ideas and then very smart students work with me and they are able to figure things out. So that's the best part. But the most exciting part of my journey recent times has been that this stuff might be useful. I never cared about whether it was useful and just by accident. I'm in an area that has potential (laughs) disruptive revolutionary applications and and I just walked into it by accident. So that was good luck.
0: That is great luck. (laughs) Funny how that happens. And now look at you, right? That's funny. Is there a certain cool project or something that you've been working on or something that's maybe completed that you wanted to share?
1: Well, sure. Uh, So I mentioned uh, quantum computing. And then I just mentioned briefly, you know, kind of enigmatically that quantum computing doesn't use zeros and ones and doesn't use um, the usual logic. And then it would take far too long to go into how it (laughs) works. I managed to co-develop one of the key underpinnings of today's algorithms. So the thing I'm working on, I'm I'm now collaborating with various application areas, such as health data, uh, petroleum, engineering, Bitcoin all these kinds of things. And the interesting question is, what does quantum computing do to these technologies? If Bitcoin is secured by a proof of work, if somebody had access to a quantum computer, would it undermine what Bitcoin does? If you encrypt, you know, you use a secure shell like HTTPS, quantum computers make the encryption easy to crack. And so uh, right now, I'm enjoying working on what quantum computing would do for the things we take for granted. We take security for granted. We take for granted that proof of work is hard in Bitcoin to keep it secure. And, uh, and so at the moment, I've got my students exploring on some level exactly where quantum computing would matter. And it's not very clear, which is what I as a scientist like, you know, so it's confusing, it's a mess, there's debates going on. And that's the exciting thing at the moment is figuring out if, when, and how a quantum computer would work.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. So you're kind of focusing on more of the IT, like cybersecurity kind of side of it, if I'm understanding that right
1: yes you are so it's but we're at the very bottom uh, all of it cybersecurity says information is represented as zeros and ones so we have our logical rules and our zeros and ones and then what we quantum people say is that's not the basis of the logic so what you have to imagine is think of every application in it and then say but what if the entire underpinning of zeros and ones and the logic no longer applies so it's very it's tough it's not the top end which says We have this whole infrastructure of programming languages and compilers and zeros and ones, et cetera. We have to go right to the bottom and say, those are no longer the rules. What does it mean to search a database? What does it mean to encrypt in this new framework? And so we rebuild all of IT from scratch.
0: Yeah, wow. So you really have to start from the very start and be like, okay, what does this mean? What does that mean? And look exactly. at it like with fresh eyes.
1: Exactly. Zero and one uh, don't have meaning. And I'll, I'll just inject So some, some of the listeners might know this, that there was the um, Schrodinger, Herman Schrodinger was an early quantum physicist, and he argued that if quantum mechanics were correct, then even the notion of being dead or alive no longer applies. And he's correct in his argument. So if you think of it in a logical way, you could say, well, if you're alive, let's call that a one. And if you're dead, call it a zero. And then we take for granted that dead are alive. But I'm saying zero and one no longer have that meaning. So the implication of what I said is even the notion of death and life no longer has a meaning. There's an American saying that there's only two sure things, death and taxes. <laughs> and quantum mechanics says even death is no longer sure. So that only leaves taxes. <laughs> Um, But you can see the implications, you know, even if even the conversation of death and life no longer has objective meaning, what does that do to information processing a lot?
0: Yeah, it just goes so much deeper than what I was expecting, (laughs) which is so awesome. Like, I just want to keep like learning more. So that's so cool. Um, if there was an incoming student who's in high school and is kind of starting to get interested in all this quantum stuff, but they don't really know where to start. And they heard that the University of Calgary is like a great place for it. What advice would you give them um, to how to get involved with quantum research in their first year?
1: So in the first year, probably the best thing is to start to learn some of the concepts. Now, the the natural way to do it would be to take a physics course, I suppose. Uh, but, But the problem is this stuff is hard to teach. So it takes a while to get the concepts down to be able to move on. So a student coming in first year shouldn't really expect that in one year, the student will know things. There are internship opportunities. So it could be at the end of the first year a position a student is well placed to participate in a lab, to join in some theory project more on the coding level, but it's just a matter of wanting to get to know and understand quantum. And that, and I mentioned physics and math, but chemistry also teaches quantum. Quantum is part of engineering programs. So look for anything, look for the quantum courses, look for the path to get into the quantum courses. And that's really the way to think about it. And quantum permeates various areas, like I said, you know, engineering, chem, physics, math, computer science now.
0: Yeah, for sure. So make sure that they're taking the right courses um, that kind of align with what they're interested in. And um, you mentioned internship opportunities. So mm. would that mostly be like probably for science and kind of math engineering students? Um, is it quantum specific internships?
1: Yeah, We don't have specific quantum internships, but we certainly like to have interns. There's different things an intern could do in, um, in the summer. and um, But we have laboratories where first-year students can come in and participate. It's sometimes a bit of the grunt work, but it's the way you start. There's theorists like me who can have projects where you know we might have a theory that's outside what the student understands, but we turn it into some coding. Usually, nowadays, it's a Python code on a Jupyter notebook, which a lot of stud- young students are getting familiar with. So we can turn it into some coding projects so the student can test it. We have companies coming to Calgary. So there's opportunities to connect. There's uh, groups like MyTax that do these kinds of scholarships. And uh, this is an area of growth of significant investment. So the internship opportunities are there.
0: I completely agree. And even like in first year, if students might not really know how to get involved or might not know too much about it, it's never too early to start. You can always start somewhere. And it flies by so fast. Next thing you know, you will be in third and fourth year. So um, if you're interested in something, don't feel like you have to wait. There's always a way to get involved and it's just about making it happen. So
1: exactly. And if you like something like that, you say, well, I've got to wait for third year. Now my age, waiting two years for something is like for a young person waiting till tomorrow. So two years goes quickly, but when you're young, two years seems like the infinite future. But then go and look for the internship. And I can tell every listener, you know, if you go to a professor and you knock on the door or you send a message and you say, I really love what you're doing and I'd like to try to be involved. Nobody takes offense at that, you know, that everybody likes to be told that student likes their work. So, you know, if there's something you want to do, don't wait, don't even wait two years to take course. Ask if there's some way you can spend time in the lab or the office or cubicle or whatever contributing in some way.
0: For sure. That's great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I was just wondering, is there anything else, any like last notes that you wanted to share with our listeners about quantum or about anything that you're working on?
1: No, I think we covered it all. That was a very thorough interview. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Sanders, for being an amazing guest on the Choose You How podcast today. Um, I know our listeners probably learned so much just from this because I know I did myself and it was super interesting and the way you explained everything was so cool. So thank you again so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, this was great.
0: And as always, I just want to give a special thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Appreciate every single one of you. And so if anyone is interested in finding out more information about quantum research or anything else that we discussed today, please head over to the episode notes as I will have everything linked there and you can easily access everything there. And lastly, if you have any questions for me regarding the University of Calgary student life, quantum research, application process, just anything in general, please DM me on Instagram at choose.ucalgary, or you can send me a message on the University of Calgary Future Students Facebook page, and I'll be more than happy to answer any questions on there. So once again, one last thanks so much, Barry, for being on the podcast today. Um, We really enjoyed having you on.
1: Thank you.